Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, folks? We've got a special guest today. Man, it's always, always good to have someone on the on the show. And, and, and this young man, I, I'm very, very excited about talking with him. Um, we met him at the 2019 U.S. Open, and it was it felt like fate. So I'm really, really excited to have this discussion today. So before we go into uh, speaking with our guests, I want to actually turn it over to Bryce. Bryce, I know you've got a couple couple good things to to let our listeners in on as it relates to what's going on in tennis. What's up, my man? Yeah. Um, you know, we're continuing to try to keep everybody up to speed with what's going on with the tours. It, it seems there's an update every week. Right, and right. and as you can imagine, you know, they're trying to figure this out as we go along. Oh, so yeah. uh, the big update for this week is that the Labor Cup finally gave in. <laughs> <laughs> they finally gave in. They said, you know what? Okay, French Open. You guys decided no mas, no mas. <laughs> right, no mas, no mas. <laughs> you 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 finally gave in, and what they've done is they have canceled the Labor Cup for this year. They have moved it to 2021, basically on the same weekend, on the weekend of I think September the 25th through the 27th. It's still going to be in Boston, so I, they will probably give people who purchase tickets the opportunity to get a refund, but they may. Also, if you want to keep your tickets for next year, you know, you can probably do that as well. Uh, probably the best news for me out of all of this is that Roger Federer said he is definitely going to play next year. So when I think about him playing the Labor Cup, then that tells me he's pretty much planning on playing for the entire year. Right. So, um, you know, French Open. You know, I, I guess I guess they knew that they were going to win that one. But obviously, for, for all involved, this was the right thing to do. Uh, probably did not happen in the right manner, but this was definitely the right thing to do. Yeah, that's great. That's great stuff, and it's great news to hear. Like I said, we, we figured they were going to have to bend a little bit. Very happy it worked out this way. And who knows? Fingers crossed. Maybe we will actually be able to get there and attend. So Exactly, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But Bryce, thank you for that update. And, and, and like we were saying, folks, we've got a young man on the call. Uh, someone we've met, someone that, you know, I've been building a good relationship with. And uh, just he's first of all, first and foremost, he's 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 a great guy. He's out of uh, he's out of London or the UK, I guess, is, is, is how you how you how you call it. Um, but he's also a coach. And uh, funny enough, we ended up meeting him last year. We were I think we were at like a curious match or something. We met him and his mom. His mom, and uh, <laughs> it was just really, really great, uh, a, a great time. And we sat with them and chatted with them, and 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 just it it was really, really great to to be able to build that that bond there. So, uh, so folks, uh, without further ado, we've got Coach David Cox on the line, and uh, we just we just want to welcome him, David. What's up, man? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Oh, yes. Thank, thank you very much for the uh, very kind words and the and the introduction. That's very kind of you. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. So, so David, man, with everything that's going on, how are you doing? How how are you doing? How's mom? Give us a quick update. How are you guys faring in all of this kind of craziness? Yeah. So, yeah, it is a crazy time, but um, no, we're we're doing okay. We're um, obviously at the moment. I'm not able to to be on call 
not able to work, but um, just trying to stay, trying to stay busy, trying to stay productive. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay healthy and yes. doing a lot, lot of home workouts, um, catching up on some other stuff and just actually started to learn how to play the piano because I'm, I'm quite into my music as well. So, uh, yeah, trying to use the trying to use the time effectively. Oh, that's awesome. Now, David, uh, I, want, I, I want to stop you right there because sure. I don't know if you know or not, but Isaac and I are a huge music fan. So when you tell me that you're into yeah. music, I want to know some of your favorites. Yeah, that's a good good question. I, I know you guys are into music. I've also heard Isaac sing, and he's got a very good voice. So. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, no, you're welcome. Um, my musical range is quite quite varied. I mean... I love anything from like Motown. I mean, Michael Jackson was a big inspiration for me. Oh, I love you. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I can go on my iPod. I can go from listening to to yeah, Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, to then Guns and Roses, um, to then yeah. Tupac, Biggie. Um, just so many, yeah, different types of music. Yeah, a lot of R and B and hip hop. I, I really love as well. So okay, yeah. we're gonna have to continue this conversation after the <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah. listen, yeah. first of all, I don't right, you you didn't see this, but again, this was on our personal Instagram account. David put <laughs> up something out where he and his mom were at a party and they That's were right. playing cameo. They what? were playing cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mom's sixtieth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. your mom's sixtieth. Oh, That's dude. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like I said, David, oh. yeah, David is Davis, my boy, man. He I have a whole new appreciation for Coach David right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different side, <laughs> away from the tennis. <laughs> Absolutely. So, David, with that, I know that, we, like I yeah. said, we already on the music side, but um, sure. let's, let's initially focus in on your tennis. And I want to understand your background just in regards to you're playing because I know I've seen some excerpts of you swinging that lefty swing, and I love well, your stroke. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, how were you introduced to tennis, and how did you just your playing? And I'd love to hear about your history, and and you know sure. how did you become a coach? So, kind of guide us through your path, if you will, of of, of you know how you gained a love for this sport. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> That's a good story, actually. Going back, um, so it was when I was six years old. So back in 1990. Um, my, my cousin was a ball boy at Wimbledon, <clears throat> so they, they go around to the schools and they, and they, um, trial out a lot of people and he, um, yeah, he made it to the, to the final stages and then was, was actually a ball boy on center court. So, um, I was lucky enough that year for, he got me some tickets, my mum and I, and that was the first time I ever, I had ever been to, you know, a live tennis match or, or really, you know, I'd been over the park when I was real young, just my mom and dad, just playing a little bit. But, um, yeah, that was the first time I went to Wimbledon and then fell in love with it from there. Uh, I remember sitting on center court, yeah, watching the matches. And just after that, I remember saying to my parents, yeah, you know, I, I want to give this sport a go. So, um, we then, we then went down to the local tennis club, which was called Sutton junior tennis center. It was about, about, you know, about five, 10 minute drive from my house. So really close. Um, and just got introduced to a coach down there. And I actually started off in just some summer camps. And then, yeah, then the coach, coach kind of approached my parents and said, you know, you can tell that he's got a love for the sport. And, you know, so I suppose you could say pretty good hand-eye coordination to, to a level. Mm -hmm. um, and then, 
yeah, and then it started from there. The the guy the guy was actually called Nick Baum. He was my first coach, and he yeah he spotted me in the summer squads, and and I went on to just do some individual lessons with him for for quite a few years, and that that's how I that's how I got into it. That's how I first that's how I first started. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So yeah, and then basically from there, playing at Sutton Junior Tennis Centre for a, for a very long time. Um, we used to, they used to have this Saturday evening social night, which was great. So we would all we'd all be hanging around on on a Saturday the whole day, like my friends and I. Um, yeah, we'd play tennis, but then stop to play some some pool, and then yeah, some darts, and then just sit around have a chat. And back on court and, that, and that's really how that's really how I grew up playing really with, with friends and you know, I had coaching and and, and we done group lessons and some individuals but a lot of the time just finding time to play with friends as well um what are the, the public start. what are the public courts like over there because you know being yeah. from the states we only yeah. see from the UK Wimbledon and grass courts <laughs> are the yeah, public yeah, courts yeah. grass indoor hardcore no, the public courts on the on the whole they're they're hard courts. Um, so there's there's yeah lots of outdoors, but in indoor facilities in London are, uh, sometimes are tough to come by just because so many people play in and and availability. So yeah, I mean where I where I started where I grew up playing we had we were actually one of the first indoor indoor tennis centres actually it was, that, it was actually the first indoor tennis club for juniors. Um, and we had we had five indoor courts at the time, and then then it expanded to to like twelve indoors. And, and the place I'm working at now has five indoor courts. But uh, yeah, in general, they're they're usually usually hard courts or or more recently um, like an artificial clay court surface, so you can play in all weathers. Because obviously it, ra- it rains quite a lot here in England, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have to have something that you can play on. So the grass really yeah really is only used for say yeah five to six weeks of the year max really there's there's only a few clubs with with grass courts now yeah that's surprising yeah well that's interesting because now Mm. that makes it make more sense why wimbledon really wasn't looking at trying to find a lot of other dates because they had sounds like they only had a certain window right exactly they could play in yeah when they were because when they started a little earlier it was still still raining quite a lot so they 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 tried they moved it back uh, yeah, back a couple of weeks to yeah try and try and get the, the better weather. So it does. Yeah, we do get a lot of rain. Unfortunately, that's uh, one of the problems. So, uh, so yeah, that's why you won't see many won't see many grass courts anymore. Really, only only during Wimbledon and at a few a few few venues, but not too many. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, David, as far as your you were coming up and you're playing, did you play in high school or were you a part of an academy or? Yeah. So, so later on, the the Sutton Junior Tennis Centre turned into an academy, and um, they had what's called a scholarship. So that was linked to a, a school called Cheam High School. Um, I actually didn't go to that school, but my the school I went to was still very close, and and they they linked with the tennis club, so I could. I could sometimes get out of school early, so I joined. I joined the academy there when I was about the twelve to thirteen. Um, so, so I'd come out of school early sometimes and and play, yeah, play the academy squads there that was linked to the to the scholarship. And it actually turned out to to be a really good academy. I mean, at, at one point it was probably up there with one of the best in Europe. You know, we had some good some good juniors, good coaches. Um, 
yeah and it was a great yeah great facility and and that's from there I from about 12 to 13 yeah that's when I started and then a couple of years into it I started to play a little bit internationally just you know they're called tennis Europe's now I'm not sure whether you guys because you've got ITFs um but I was I was playing tennis Europe's um and then actually decided from quite a young age I wanted to go into coaching Ah, okay. Yeah, so I, I done the I done the junior tournaments, and then kind of obviously financially it can be tough to travel around all the time. So so I decided from a yeah from a young age that coaching I think was was for me. So I actually started helping out at the tennis club when I was like sixteen, just assisting and helping coaches, and yeah, until I could get my qualifications at eighteen. But I but I did but I did compete. I competed a lot from like twelve to. 12 to 17, I competed. Yeah, competed a lot. Nice. And so you said you got your coaching credentials at 18, right at 18. So is that like the cutoff or something? Yeah, I mean, you can do, so you can do like assistant courses when you're 16, uh, like level one to level two. So I I did that. And then you can do your level three from the age of 18. So that's, that's when I, that's when I started my level three and, and, and got that. Yeah. So quite, quite young, started coaching quite young. That's awesome. I honestly never knew that there was a, you know, like a levels for coach. I never knew that. That's, oh, okay. Thanks yeah, for sharing that. That's incredible. There's, no, there's, there's five levels. Yeah, they, they used to be called the like level one, level two, then DCA, CCA. But now they're, now they're called level one, two, three, four, five. And the five is the, um, yeah, is the highest qualification you can, you can obtain. So what level are you? So I'm level four. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm level four. The level five, um, I've actually been invited on to do that a few times, but it, it takes it takes about a year and a half to two years. Um, and there's a lot of work off court involved, you know, lots of presentations and lots of video analysis stuff. And I just felt at the time it maybe would have been a little bit time consuming for me as I was traveling quite a lot with some players. Mm-hmm. So I, di- I didn't want to start that until I thought, I could really, you know, put a lot of my focus into it. But it's a, it's a good course. Yeah, the contents. Yeah, content's very good. Fantastic. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely learnings for me. So that is awesome. You know, one more question. So who is over that type of program? Who, what's the governing body? Yeah, the LTA. So the LTA. Oh, the LTA. The, the gov- okay. Yeah, they're the governing body for that, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's recognized worldwide. I mean, the level five has really, in the last couple of years, it's really, um, really got to a good level. I mean, they've got a guy called Louis Kaye, who's, a, who's um, he's Jamie Murray's doubles coach. And he, he was, he done a lot for Tennis Canada. And he, he basically heads up the level five. And it's a, it's a pretty intense course. Um, lots of, yeah, lots of content. But, but yeah, very good. Very good. Fantastic. So, so, so then, David, did you actually start coaching at 18 when you started getting, you know, into the levels? Did you have a player that you started working with at that point? Or when did you get your first player? Yeah, so uh, good question. So I did, I did start coaching at 18, but I started off literally doing everything. So I was, I was doing birthday parties, um, you know, (laughs) mini mini tennis, uh, going into schools. Um, you know, really kind of learning my trade, which was great yeah. because, yeah. Um, you know, it's good for my confidence and, and, and things. And then um, I was very lucky that in, in the times that I had like, time to relax or in my breaks, I would, I would then go on to court with the, uh, the national coaches at the time. So they had like a national 
national setup at, at Sutton Tennis Academy. And um, I would just go and shadow shadow the coaches there, you know, just feed balls and listen to what they were saying and just basically gain as much experience as I could. So I'd done that for, for a good three to four years. And, and then whilst I was doing that, I was starting to work with some younger players in the mini tennis and kind of bringing them through from, say, age of five to five to ten. Um, and that's where I kind of gained experience with the, with the younger kids at that age. Um, yeah, so that was probably like the first four years of my, of my coaching career. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was a good start. Yeah. How many years have you been coaching? Yeah, so I'm 36 now. And yeah, started at 18. So it's quite, quite it's a long half time. your life. Half yeah, your life. I know. I know. It's <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> That's what I tell awesome. people how long I've been coaching for. The, the parents are like, I'm sure you're not that old, uh, old enough to be coaching that long. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and David, I guess overall, just in general, give us your thoughts on, on what you feel a coach kind of brings to the table for their player. Um, yeah. Just, you know, or at least speak from your vantage point. For sure. For sure. Well, I think most importantly, first and foremost, I think commitment and care is, is the two biggest things. Um, I think, you know, if the player knows that you're that you're there for them and you really you really do care, I think you can. That's a great start. You know, they, they, they trust you and, and it's a lot easier to them work on things so that for me, that's the most important. And, you know, in terms of doing sessions, you know, bringing lots of, you know, high energy, enthusiasm um, as a coach, kind of always willing to learn and always willing to, to adapt, I think, and, and, and understanding that each player, each player is different, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's something I think I've learned over the years. I'll give you an example, maybe say from a technical point of view, uh, when I was younger, after, after those three to four years, when I started to work with some say more advanced players um i would say for the first couple of years all my players technically maybe looked the same um which in a way was okay because i was doing an okay job technically but then as i've got older i've realized you know what everyone's slightly different so you, you have to adapt to what technique is the best for that individual player if that makes sense right. yep yep um so i do think yeah understanding what's important for the player is very uh, is very important yeah, absolutely. So I assume that the younger players, like, so when you were coaching around 18 and you were dealing with like the five or 10 year olds, you were sort of yeah. teaching them just sort of the basics, how to just hit a proper forehand, proper exactly. backhand. So, and tell me this, which backhand did you choose or did you allow them to, 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 uh, to was it just one handed, two handed? How did that process work? Yeah, good question. In general, uh, in general, it was two hands because uh, they've got a little bit more strength. But um, having said that, I'm very flexible on it. If I see a kid, for instance, on a one-hander, I think if you lead, if you, say you're a lefty and you're, and, you're, and you're leading with your left foot and you kind of cross your body a little bit, that's kind of you have a tendency to be more natural as a one-hander. And, and if they, and if you can see that they just want to do it with one hand and, and it looks, it looks comfortable and it looks quite natural, and you think you could progress that, then then I would let them do one hand for sure. Um, but on the whole, majority of the kids would, would start with a two-hander. Yeah. Did you have any Monica Sellis's or Jean Michael Gambles? <laughs> I, I did. To be honest, I did. I did. I had one girl actually, and she was funny enough. She was one of the one of the first players I started to work with who who um who was sort of more of an advanced level. And funny enough, I ended up working with her 
when she was six to about nine. And then I worked with her again when she was 15. Um, so she, she started off two-handed both sides, yeah. And only at 14, actually, she changed to a one-handed forehand. But I, I thought she was going to keep the two hands the whole way through, but, but she didn't. <laughs> it, it, worked, it worked for Celes and, and Jean-Michael Gamble, so, you know, it works. <laughs> that, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And so, David, talk about your style as a coach. Just are you kind of like the taskmaster, or are you kind of nice and friendly with them? I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. You, give us some juice. <laughs> For sure. No, no, I, you know what? I can, I can be tough. I can be tough, and, and they, and they know, they know there's a line. <laughs> they know there's a line. But nice. I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that I'm fair. So if you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. A boy who I started working with from the age of six years old and I worked with him through to 14 and at the start, you know, he, like I said, you know, his concentration was a bit in and out and sometimes he wouldn't try so hard. And as he got a little older, he still, yeah, still could have worked a little bit harder. And I was, there was times when I was pretty tough on him, um, but just in, tough in terms of not screaming and shouting, but just setting him, setting him tasks and, and, and until he's achieved that task, you know, we won't move on. Um, so just making him understand kind of what hard work was, but when he, when he was working hard and when he was, you know, concentrating and listening, then I think it's really important that you need to praise, you know, like you can be, you can be tough and and you can have high standards, but, but you have, it's, it's critical for me that you, that moment when they're, you know, when they're maybe doing what you ask or, or when, you know, they're working on the process, you, you have to get in there and, and really give them some praise. So they know that, okay, you know, this guy is fair as well. So I can, yeah, I, I think I, I'd like to think that I'm, I can be tough, but, but I'm certainly, certainly fair. I, I would think so. I would imagine working with kids that their parents play a very important role in this process. And, yep. you know, from your perspective, what would you say are good traits of mm. a good tennis parent? Absolutely. Really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely crucial. Um, now for me, from a personal point of view, I, I think the parent has to be involved for sure. Um, but in the right way. So, you know, I think it's good that they, they drop their kids off and, and if they watch a certain amount of sessions, that's great. Um, but then sometimes I think you need to also leave the, the kid and the coach to obviously, you know, do their thing as well and not always smother the kid, you know, and right. let, let him kind of develop as well or her develop as well. Um, but just as a parent, you know, being supportive, you know, being, being encouraging, you know, and, and being on the, I think being on the same page, if the coach, the player, the parent are all on the same page is really important. But, but yeah, you know, when you take them to tournaments, just, you know, effective questioning, not, you know, not saying to them, or maybe if you called them up, oh, did you win or lose? But just look, ask them, how was the match? You know, did you play well? You know, what did you work on the things that you've been working on in your sessions? Um, just just being being supportive. And if the kid knows that the parents are, you know, not just going to get angry because they win or lose, then I think that's the way to be, you know. Um, Absolutely. It's really important because they play a massive role, you know. Yeah, for sure. Have you had any instances where you've, you've had some... Uh... <laughs> some oh, some over the top parents. Oh yeah. Are... <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On a, on a weekly basis. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, you do, you do. You know, and, and you know what? Sometimes they, sometimes they just, they can't help it. Like, they're, they're so passionate. And, and obviously, you know, they love their kids and they just want what's best. But they, they don't know, <laughs> sometimes they don't know the best way to go about it. So if I'll give you, you know, so if, if we're at a tournament and the kids just play, you know, he's played well and he's, he's worked hard, but he might have just, you know, he just lost to a better player on the day or, or it just wasn't going his way. And then immediately they'd come off the court and the, the parents screaming and shouting, oh, you know, why did you do this? How, how, how did you make that mistake? It was such an easy shot. And I, and I have to just take the parents to one side and say, look, guys, come on, you know, it's, it's, if you've ever played tennis, it's, it's not an easy shot, you know, <laughs> there's pressure, you know, he wants to win, he's, he's trying, you know, so, um, yeah, sometimes you have to, you have to have a, a polite word with them and <laughs> make them understand <laughs> that, you know, there's, there's a way to, to go about it. So, yeah, you can, you can certainly get some, <laughs> some crazy parents out there. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy to hear you provide that example because to me, I think that is so right on and so spot on. You got to yeah. pull the parents aside and be like, yo, right. you know, they, you have to chill you have out, to. chill out. Your, your, your child did a good job, you yeah. know, and focusing on, like you said, how, yeah. you know, the overall play and not just the whole win loss. So <laughs> exactly. you got to, you got to, you got to focus on the process for sure. And I think as a coach, you know, asking what my role is, you know, not just, not just on call, you know, to build a good relationship with the player or, or, or te technically get them better or tactically get them better. I think, you know, we got a massive role off the court as well to, to, you know, build that relationship with the parents as well. And, and sometimes have those sort of tough, honest conversations Right. <laughs> you know about maybe the way they should be going about about because you know you don't want to tell them how to be a parent but you have to you have to be honest you know you have to yeah. be honest what's going to be best for the for the player for the, for the child you know yeah have you ever had simple. to kind of do anything like like when you're bringing on a new student or you're going to coach someone that you know you're mm -hmm. not familiar with have you ever had to or have you ever done any type of maybe a pre-meeting or something with the parent to just establish some of those guidelines and guidelines and those boundaries? Have you yeah. Done that before? Yeah. I do. I do now. Absolutely. I, when I, early on, early on in my coaching, I, I, I didn't do that so much, but as I've got, you know, more experience, you want, that's, it's an important, it's an important factor. So yeah, a lot of the time I'll sit down with the parents first and just say, look, this is kind of <clears throat> my philosophy this is what I do. This is how I work. Um, you know, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not for everyone, but this is, this is what it is. And, 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 you know, have they got any questions, et cetera. And, and uh, yeah, I think it's important to get off to a, to a good, honest start like that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. so David, what's sort of the range now of your mm. students? Yeah. So now, <clears throat> so basically when I, so when I left, so the, the, the place I grew up playing, um so bearing in mind i was there from like the age of say six and i started coaching at 18 and and i left there at 28 so i was there 10 years coaching um and it was you know it was a great place for me to learn and then i, I actually moved on because a guy who who came to the the place where i grew up he um he came there as a coach when i was maybe 23 um and and i again i was still kind of coaching lots of different standards at the time, some, some kind of regional, national players at that point. And then he was like, look, I think we should use this guy like, as in myself a bit more effectively. So kind of working with more of the performance, if you might, would like to say, sort of player. Um, and he, he ended up leaving to go to another tennis club. 
And then a couple of years later, employed me over at this new place. So from there, this is when I really started to work with some kind of higher level players. And, and so now I'm basically working any, any ages still from, from say eight years old up to 18, 19, 20. Um, so uh, yeah, all, all different age ranges, but, but they're, you know, very committed, committed kids and competing, you know, competing all the time. So regional, national, sort of international level would be the yeah players that I'm working with now. Okay. So David, I wanted to dive a little bit into, we always like to ask people about their favorites. So, I'm, so this is a three-part question here. So okay. number one, who were the players that you kind of looked up to when you were growing up and first getting into the game and may have influenced uh, the way you went about playing? Sure. Number two, who are the players currently playing that you tend to follow and root for and are kind of your favorites? Yeah. And then the third part of that is because you are a coach, who are some of the coaches that have inspired you in terms of maybe the success they've had with players or techniques that they've used? Sure. Um, just very interested to hear about your thoughts on those. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> favorite player really inspired me at the start was Andre Agassi. Um, I, yeah, I loved Agassi. I mean, oh, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. two-handed backhand return was just outrageous. Um, still, still got to be one of the best returns to date, right? Unbelievable. Yes. But, um, so I mean, yeah, as a kid, I was obsessed. I had the, the jean shorts, the cycling shorts. I think I even had a, I had a wig at some point with long hair. Oh, so, yeah, I was, yeah, I was a big, I was a big fan. Um, and then. And then, actually, a few years into it, um, Goran Ivanisevic. He was a really, really, yeah, big idol of mine. Being a lefty, um, obviously, he's a lot taller than I am. <laughs> I'm not the tallest <laughs> of guys, but uh, but yeah, being a lefty, I really, I really like Goran. I thought he had a good character. And so what did at the you time, do? What sorry. did you do with that final? Then, I mean, how how were you feeling in yeah, that final right. between Agassi and, and Goran, Goran yeah. at Wimbledon? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's tough that's a conflicting one yeah <laughs> at the time i was probably still more of an andre fan so yeah. i think uh, i think it was pretty clear cut yeah that i wanted andre then but then when goran went on to beat rafter i was very very pleased about that right. um i thought goran had a good yeah good character but also at the time i thought he was one of the guys who obviously had a massive serve but he could he could really play you know his ground strokes were good as well you know, I thought he could really play. So yeah, that were my, they were my two favorite players growing up for sure. Um, currently, I've, I've got to say Rafa again. He's another lefty. Um, I just, I love, you know, I love how I love his attitude. You know, mm -hmm. his his work ethic's unbelievable. Um, he seems like a, you know, like a humble guy. Um, so I would say, yeah, Rafa for sure. But massive respect for Federer. You know, I mean, the way the way the way Federer plays is just, yeah, it's phenomenal. And the fact that he's still in the game with, and he's hardly had any injuries is just, yeah, amazing. So I, I admire that. Um, and obviously, being British, I'm a, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Andy fan as well. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and yeah, big, big Andy fan. And uh, and again, actually, Andy, you know, I think he's actually a, he's got a good character. He's a, he's a, you know, he's hardworking, and he's actually, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty, 
pretty good friends with his coach actually. So um, yeah, so that helps. Is that yeah. The, is it who is it? Jamie? Uh, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie yeah, Delgado. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jamie and I, are, yeah, are quite pretty pretty close. Uh, oh, shout yeah. out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name drop in there. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, are there any? Oh, oh the okay. coaches. Remember, he said, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, but I wanted to catch on the women. Are there any women that you uh, grew up liking yeah. or currently playing? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> Steffi Graf, growing up, uh, uh, right. slice back, slice backhand and mm-hmm. footwork, I thought was phenomenal. Um, yeah, so really... Really enjoyed watching watching Steffi Graf. Um, I also started to to like Kornikova when I was <laughs> when I was in my teens. So. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, followed her quite a lot. But uh, yeah, and, and uh, currently, um, currently, really, yeah. So I mean, look, Serena, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I just love watching her play. I think it's just phenomenal, phenomenal what she's done in the game. Um, and also, uh, current players, oh, I mean, I really like women's tennis. Women's tennis is great. There's so many, like being, being like a small guy myself. So like being around movement, like Halep, I love, love watching Halep movements. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, just so yeah. Women's tennis is, is really good right now. So, but I would, if I had, I'd probably say Halep and, and, and Serena would be my two, two favorite women. Yeah. Okay. Good choices. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then for your coach inspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so, so first of all, there's a lot of coaches, say internally, who, who I've worked with from a young age. So um, there's a coach that actually took over coaching me when I was 14 at, at Sutton Tennis Academy. And his name was Dan George. So he, he was only a few years older than me at the time but really inspiring guy. And he went on in, you know, in England, he's done some really good things. You know, he worked with, he worked with a boy from the age of six to like 20 and, you know, he got him to about 200 in the world. He won junior Wimbledon doubles. Um, you know, so he, he went through the whole journey with this kid. So, you know, he's been an inspiration to me because he's done that journey with a player from a young age all the way through. Um, and we actually ended up working together when I moved to the new place, um, we, he was a coach there. So we ended up working together for about five years. So he was a big inspiration. And then, um, yes. And then I also worked with Jeremy Bates, former, Ooh, former yeah. British number one. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. so I worked with him for a couple of years. So he was, yeah, he was a big inspiration as well. Um, I'm actually starting something with him in a few weeks, actually. He's on, he's doing uh, like a mentoring course. So he's going to, he's going to do a bit of mentoring with me. Um, which would be great. Um, so yeah, he's big inspiration. Another guy, again internally, but a guy called Nick Jakes, who he's from New Zealand originally, and he's he's the guy who who came over and he really gave me my my first opportunity uh, to work with some really good players. Um, he he gave me a yeah real a lot of opportunity and then just a really good coach. Again, inspiring, great with the kids, enthusiastic. Um, always willing to share his knowledge. So he, yeah, he, he was a massive part of, of, of my coaching. Um, and then I've been very lucky, very lucky to do, do some work with Bob Brett, a uh, guy who oh, worked with Marion yeah. Chilich and yeah, was Becca's yeah. coach when Becca, Becca yeah, won Wimbledon. Right. Yeah, so um, 
it, I was really lucky because I was working with a boy at the time who he was actually this boy was actually my my first national champion um and I started with him when he was six and like I said I, I worked with him till he was 14 still got a very good relationship now he went to a to a tennis school where he you know he's, he's at a boarding school so he, he trains there and 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 do, does his school in there so um yeah so I was working with this boy and Bob Brett at the time was doing a little bit of work for the LTA um and so he come and yeah, he come and watch this kid and, and a few others at the academy. And we just built up a relationship from there. <clears throat> and yeah, I was very fortunate that he uh, he invited me out to his academy in Italy, in San Remo. Um, so I've, a couple of summers, I've, I've taken a few kids out there who I coach. And he, Bob was a big inspiration. I mean, he was, he was on call at 7 a.m. every morning uh, till like 7 p.m. in the evening. Uh, I mean, he's in his, what, late 60s, maybe 70s now. And just really, yeah, just so still passionate about the sport. And, you know, and the, the kids I was coaching, he would, he would go on court for half an hour and do an individual lesson with them. And I would, I would stand there and, yeah, learn some really, really good stuff from Bob as well. So, yeah, I've been, I've been lucky. I've been very lucky to, to work with some, yeah, some kind of coaches that have coached at the highest level, but also, also some real, yeah, real good coaches that internally in the country that have done a good job as well. So they, yeah. Okay. Big inspirations. Well, you yeah. know, this this morning I was watching an Instagram live between Djokovic and Ravrinka. Oh, and okay. it was it was very insightful. And one of the things that they were talking about was the use of video, reviewing sure. videos on practice sessions, uh, yep. whether or not they watch their own matches or if they watch other players' matches. Yep. Do you employ the use of video in, with your kids? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I do. <clears throat> so when I so when I go to tournaments, um, if I'm allowed to film the match, I will I will film the match. Uh, yeah, from the back of the court, and then after after that match, what I'll do is I I will watch the match through again, and I'll take some stats, uh, and then I'll then I'll sit down with the with the player, and and yeah, and we'll watch the match go through that, and then actually on the daily basis yeah on call you know obviously with technology so good i i use an app called coach's eye uh very easy to use you just take a video and you can yeah you can kind of freeze frame and, and draw on the screen and and cut the picture in half to compare it to other techniques or or what they were working on say six months ago to to now where their technique is so yeah yeah i certainly use the video analysis yeah for sure and it's so easy to use now, you know. So yeah, absolutely. So David, do you use that with their practice sessions as well, or? Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. Not not every session, but yeah. If we've got something, if we've got something technical we're working on, or or yeah, or or, or just to show them, you know, were were they intense in this exercise? You know, there's so many things you can use it for. But yeah, no, I use it in my in my training sessions. Yeah. Okay. And David, do you do you do your kids do any like? Um... I mean, do they play sets and or matches against one another? Do you have them kind of, do you have that type of a structure where they play one another and, or do yeah. they just practice? No, I, I do. Luckily enough, because <clears throat> we're in an academy, we, we've got a lot of kids there. So whether it's kids that, I, that I'm coaching or if one of the other coaches, you know, so we do a few sessions at 7 a.m. in the morning with, with this boy I've been working with a long time and he's, you know, he's playing ITS now and, um, Another coach has a player at the same time and, you know, every so often we link up and they play some practice sets. Um, mm -hmm. And then, 
you know, some other kids who I actually coach, they, they, they will come to one of my sessions with the other kid and kind of integrate like that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we practice, play a lot of practice sets together. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it, it sounds like you're, you're extremely seasoned as it relates to working with the kids and, and the juniors. Do yep. you have any aspirations of one day ever being like a head coach for someone at the pro level or maybe even having like your own academy? Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I would love to. I would love to be um, on the on the pro tour for sure. Um, so I've worked. So I've worked with a couple of older players who are playing futures. So like, you know, I worked with a girl. Started with her when she was maybe ranked one thousand, and she got to about six hundred. So that that sort of level, like the futures level. Um, but yeah, no, I've got I've got aspirations for sure to be on the tour. I mean, the the ideal scenario would would be to with someone who I've coached from a younger age. Um, I, I would love that. Um, obviously that's quite hard to do, uh, but, but that, that would be the dream. But, um, but yeah, no, one day I, I would, I would love that. Um, I have a friend who's actually working with Potter Pover at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before that he was, he was with Svitolina uh, for two and a half years. Oh, um, mm -hmm. But he, he actually started at the same Academy where I first started. And he, he actually didn't start playing tennis till he was 18. He was a football player oh, wow. and got injured, hurt his knee, and then ended up just working at the tennis club and, and fell in love with tennis. And then he, he actually went on this kind of crash course to become a coach. But he, and then, then he went through all the levels. You know, he, he worked with top international juniors, national juniors. Um, and then, yeah, then he started working at the Justine Hennin Academy and that's where he first met uh, Svitolina when she was younger um, okay. and then ended up working on tour with her for a couple of years. So, so there's a, yeah, it gives me inspiration that it's, it's possible, you know? Absolutely. Um, so uh, that, that would be the, that would be the dream. Yeah. One day, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've got your back on that. For sure. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> and, and, and David, have you, have you ever taken any of your students to like the like junior Wimbledon or junior French or you know the US Open? Have have, have yep. they been through that type of an experience? Yeah, so I've so first of all I've taken um taken some kids to the Orange Bowl in Miami. Okay. Yep. Um so like under fourteens, under sixteens. And there's been there's been some kids from our academy that I've that I've been involved with that have played junior Wimbledon. And the U.S. Open, so I, ha I haven't taken them to the U.S., but I have to Junior Wimbledon, and they've been involved in the academy. So I, I've done that, uh, and that was, yeah, that was really cool, that's really good fun. And and that's the that's that's still the goal as well. You know, not I mean, if I can be on the on the pro tour for sure, that'd be great. But also, just as many players as I can work with from juniors, you know, get them to that that Junior Wimbledon level, um, Junior French, Australian, U.S., and and yeah, get them to that level and and. You know, it's just a great experience for them and, and me as a coach as well. Um, so that is, yeah, that's that's definitely the the ongoing goal for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and David, I have to ask you this question because, of course, you're 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 there. So, what yeah. is the experience like walking onto the lawns of Wimbledon? We've yeah. not been. We've well, not been. We yeah, hope yeah. To go soon, <laughs> but we'd love it's, to hear some stories of of just how your experiences at Wimbledon have gone. I, it's amazing you know i mean when you if you think about it going there you know going there from a six-year-old kid yeah. um to then being there as a coach is yeah surreal um 
yeah, from walking on the practice court to then just sitting at the side of the court, you know, watching a player that you've been involved with. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. It's, uh, yeah, a real kind of sense of achievement. And obviously you're, you're so pleased for the player as well because they've been working hard to get there. And yeah, just uh, it's quite surreal, actually. But, but, but it's amazing. I can yeah. only imagine. So, and how do you simulate that? So, how do you sim simulate the the grass court for your player prior to actually, you know, playing at Wimbledon? Yeah. So we um. So luckily enough, in the build up, there's there's also um, tournaments before. So you've got the the Grade One ITF at Roehampton. Um, so they they play in that event, and then pra practice court. So obviously during that season, if the weather's good, you know we can. We can practice either at Roehampton, which is where the National Tennis Centre is. Um, there's another club near my <clears throat> near my academy uh, that has some grass courts, so we practice practice on the grass. And then, in terms of kind of being involved in that in that sort of atmosphere, again, I just you know I, I, I'm I'm really big on the process, uh, mm -hmm. which is easy, which is easier said than done, of course. But um, mm -hmm. <laughs> just try and just try and prepare them as if look just another tennis match, um, you know, enjoy it, embrace it and, and just go out there and, and stick to what we've, what, what you've been working on, you know, and, and, and trust that, trust that process and yeah, and, and enjoy it. That's all you can do, you know, and compete hard. Absolutely. So, fundamentals, yeah. fundamentals. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And David with, with everything, of course, that's going on in the world, we've got the whole COVID-19 happening. What are yeah. some of the things that you've now had to do with your players in order for them to, you know, kind of stay in some type of a rhythm as it relates to practicing and, and, you know, working out and building, you know, continuing to build their game, if you will, what are some of the things you've done? Yeah, no, no, exactly. So it takes some adapting, but um, yeah. So from <clears throat> what I'm doing for my players is I'm, setting some weekly challenges so just some like fun skills you know whether how many balls can you keep up on the frame of the racket and just just fun skills just to keep them kind of engaged and and i've set up a whatsapp group for all of my players so they can compete against each other in whatever challenge i've set them um you know how many i don't know if you've seen the cara back cara black volley challenge like she was uh -huh. really weird, like yeah. Oh, yeah so how <laughs> how many volleys you can get in a minute just little little things like that to keep them busy and kind of competing with each other um and then some some are lucky enough that they've actually moved to a house where they have a tennis court um so they can play with their brother or, or with their with their parents if they play so they've been they've been sending me through some videos you know of their serve or, or you know or their forehand or, or whatever so you know like one boy is in actually in the cayman islands at the moment um because they have a place out there and luckily yes. enough, his, his dad can play a bit. So they've been sending me videos daily on, on the serve. And I've been, yeah, doing some FaceTime stuff. So, yeah, set them lots of challenges, lots of little exercises. And, and, then, and then they're also in contact with, with the fitness trainer at my academy. So they're, they're keeping their strength and conditioning going as well. Again, video calls. Um, yeah, sending videos of, of what to work on for the week. So, and, and yeah, anytime they want to call me or FaceTime me, then, then they can. So yeah, just setting up lots of challenges. 
So that is <laughs> keep them involved that's, that's right keep them going we got to keep them active that is for sure exactly exactly yeah. so, and so david yeah. i know we're gonna potentially um uh, start wrapping up here i wanted to actually just ask you about yourself and your family and how's everybody sure. doing on that side yeah they're, they're really they're really well thanks um so my mom and i yeah we're we're, we're healthy um which is good staying yeah staying home and my yeah, all my cousins and my aunties, uncles, family, friends. That at the moment they're all yeah they're all healthy, which is good. And just uh, just trying to just trying to get through it, you know. Just trying to like I said, we're all just trying to stay as busy as we can, um, stay productive, learn some new skills. Um, my family and I actually are doing like an online well like a, a quiz on after this uh, on Zoom. So we're all getting together on Zoom and, and oh, doing a little nice. family quiz. So yeah, just yeah. trying to. Yeah, trying to stay busy, but we're uh, yeah, so we're we're okay. Yeah, we're okay. Thanks. And 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 you guys, your your families are okay, all okay. Yeah, yeah, family's good. Just eating way too much. <laughs> I, I'm about forty pounds up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoying the food. Well, that's why I'm working out. I'm trying to counteract for, for right. all the food I'm eating. I'm gonna try and go for a run and yeah, stay active. But uh, yeah, it's easy to just yeah sit there and eat and watch Netflix and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talking about before we started the right. Netflix series, we're gonna see that yeah, yeah, yeah. Both- exactly. <laughs> well, it's just it's a better excuse to get on the tennis court once all this is over, right? Right. You, there, you know, I keep. Keep telling people I'm only going to last about 15 minutes my first time out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wide, wide forehand, wide backhand, that's it. We're done. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm right. good. <laughs> so before we get out of here, David, we just wanted to give you an opportunity to speak to – I know we have some young listeners. If we have, sure. if you're a kid or a junior and you're looking to get into the game of tennis, you know, just what advice do you have for them or even for their parents – uh to get started sure first and foremost i I would say you know you've really got you got to love it you got to and and, you know try and fall in love with the sport you know like like i was saying i had inspirations like agassi and 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 going to wimbledon you know my first wimbledon was such a great experience that it really made me love the sport so from there you know i always watched tennis Uh, you know i didn't just i didn't just go and train i didn't just go and play you know but i I would watch and, you know, try and educate myself in the sport. And because I think the more you love it, you know, then it's, the, it's easier to then go and work hard when you're training. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, you know, my advice is if you leave everything out there, like it's a cliche, but, you know, every time you train, every time you play a match, whatever, if, if you give a hundred percent and you truly, you know, a hundred percent, not just physically, but mentally, you know, like listening and, and really working hard, then, you know, you can't go wrong. You know, you just got to leave it all out there. Really, really enjoy it. And like I said, I'm, I'm really big on the process. I, I just think you can't always control the outcome. You know, you can, you know, you're always going to come up against someone on the day who might be better or, or, or you're just not having a, having a good day, but just, yeah, stick to your processes. And, and, and as a parent, you know, if you can just really, really be positive, you know, be there for the kids, support them. Um, you know, let them know that you're there for them and just, yeah, just be encouraging and, and, and support them in a good way. And, you know, you can, you can be, like I said, you can be like as a coach, you can be firm and you can have some, some kind of, you know, rules and, and stuff. But if, you know, if the kids giving it their all, then let's be fair and yeah, just keep them loving it for sure. 
That's what right. called. That's yeah. right. That, that's all you can do is support, have them, you know, you want them to do their best or be their best. So that's Absolutely. all you can, you can push for. So perfect. For sure. perfect. David, yeah. I have to say, man, it, it has been absolutely just a pleasure talking yes. with you today. It's, it's well, been so you. good. So insightful, man. And yeah, you know, just, we really, really appreciate you being on, on this podcast and, and, and sharing your, your, your wealth of knowledge as it relates to the sport and, and your experiences, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, well, no, listen, the pleasure's all mine. And I really appreciate you guys having me on as well. It's, you know, it's been great to talk to you guys. And like you said at the start in the intro, you know, it was, I feel blessed that we, we actually got to meet you at the U.S. Open. I think, like you say, it was, it was fate, I think. Um, Absolutely. So, so it's been, no, really kind of you to have me on. Um, yeah, really pleased I met you guys. And, and yeah, and, and like... And also, just want to like you say, I met you at the U.S. Open with my with my mom. You know, obviously, <laughs> she yeah, uh, she she's you know she's been a big inspiration in my tennis as well. So very supportive, my mom and, and my dad was as well. So uh, yeah, but um, no, thank you, thanks so much, guys, for yeah, giving me the time. It was it was great. Well, please tell her hi for Absolutely. us. Absolutely, and oh, will do. <laughs> she she will say hi for sure. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> And for our listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we're looking to actually have a coaches series that we're going to be doing. So David was our first coach that we interviewed uh, today. And so we have a few more on the docket coming up. And hopefully, uh, David, we can get you back on the podcast uh, sometime in the the future. For sure. I'd love that. I'd love that. Any time, guys. Any time. All right. Great. We'd love to. So once again, we will, listeners, we will be back at you in probably another three or four days with another episode. We're going to try to keep you with some entertaining content while we're all staying safe and staying at home. But um, everyone, uh, please go out. And if you haven't listened to uh, some of the more recent episodes we've done, uh, we're doing rapid fire episodes. We're doing top five favorite lists where uh, we have a surprise interview coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll leave that as a teaser uh, right now, but uh, please go out. We have all of our episodes on our website and that's www.brothersontennis.com. And that's B R U. T-H-A-S on tennis.com. And once again, as a reminder, we are available on all of the podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play. I don't need to go through the whole list. <laughs> That's right. We're out there. We're out there. So uh, continue to stay safe. And we're going to sign off here. This is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we're Brothers on Tennis. Be well, everyone. <laughs>